0: This is Charlie Stumbaugh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, Colorado. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to subscribe for our weekly content to encourage your faith. Let's listen in as Pastor Jason brings the message. Father, thank you so much that no matter where we are, whether in church or at home or uh, wherever we are, you are there, you are with us, your spirit dwells within us. And I pray as we hear from your word today, that it would just come alive. Just let us have fun with your word, enjoy your word, and just delight in you during this time. Amen, amen. Well, I was listening to my Bible in a Year uh, with Nikki Gumbel this week, and I was surprised to hear him say he'd always does a devotion at the start of of uh, before the scriptures. But he talked about facing criticism, and he talked about how people have actually written things uh, pretty harshly against. Alpha and against him personally. And, and he is, you know, he's funny the way he shares it. He's like, I'm always so surprised. Like, why would somebody be angry with me? And I, I love that. And I share that in the, the face of us dealing with some of that. Um, maybe you're unaware. And if you are, please don't go chasing this. But as many of you may have read in the newspaper and other places in town, um, our church has come other under some criticism. Um, for COVID and for the last outbreak. Um, so how do we deal with that? How do we deal with criticism written towards us, directed towards us? Um, how, do we, how do we handle that? We're going to look at that just a little today um, because it does fit a little bit in with the passage from Luke that we're going to study. But today's passage really is more about prayer and more about what prayer looks like. And Jesus gives some powerful examples of that. Um, But I think in that, we'll also learn some things that can can help us deal with um, our adversaries uh, a little bit. Um, So if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 18. We'll be looking at two parables Jesus shared that deal with the subject of prayer. So Luke chapter 18, Jesus begins by saying, uh, he tells his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, "There in a certain town was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him and with the plea, "Grant me justice against my adversary." For some time, he refused, but finally he said to himself, "Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice." so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Okay, so this is our first parable. And it's a parable of contrast, right? In this parable, we, we, we see a great contrast between the story and between what actually is, right? In this story, we have this unjust judge, but, but the contrast to that is, is a totally just God. In this story, we see a judge who's unconcerned about this woman, um, and that, but we don't come to an unjust judge. We come to a father. We see a judge whose heart is hard, right? But we have a father whose heart is tender and loving towards us. In this parable, we see a widow when we are the bride of Christ, right? In this um, parable, we see a widow who's bothering this judge with her requests. But what we have is a father who desires us to come to him in prayer. But the point of this scripture is is if even this widow who's bothering and pestering and coming after this judge, if the judge responds to her, how much more so will our Heavenly Father respond to us when we come to him consistently, when we come to him with, with our requests and not lose heart? He says, for those who should always pray and not give up right at the start there. I think there's many of us who have prayed and prayed for things, or maybe as we began our journey with God, or maybe parts of our journey with God, we've been um, very um, passionate in our prayer life, but but we've kind of given up or let that slide some. And Jesus saying, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep drawing close to God. Keep making your requests known to God. Keep bringing those before him. He's not An unjust judge. That's the contrast. He's your loving father who wants you to come before him, to make your, your case before him, to express your heart before him with that persistence. And I love that. Those who cry out day and night, like this ongoing desire. I just had coffee with a friend today whose desire was how can I learn to be present with God all day? How can I learn to be in his word and prayer all day? I just, that's the desire that should be on all of our hearts. How can we be before God all day? What does prayer look like? Prayer is persistent. Prayer is ongoing. Prayer is, is yearning for the Father to, to come before Him. And I think in this section here, you know, her, her plea was, was justice against her adversary. And I would encourage all of us, you and I, um, when it comes to Our adversary, and and not to say we have an adversary, but people who maybe are saying at the present critical things, maybe about Cornerstone or about, you know, our, our family, our church family. My encouragement for you wouldn't be that we would pray with persistence that God would judge them and smite them or anything like that. My prayer is that God would give us a tenderness towards them and that God would bless them, that God would, would open their eyes to his love, that God would open his heart. To his salvation, if they haven't received that, that God would, would bless them with eternal life, right? That's what I think our persistent prayer towards those who, who maybe are being critical. It should be for God to just draw them to himself, to open their eyes to who he is and to show us how to respond in love. Friends, if I could encourage you, we don't, we don't respond. We don't try to defend. We don't fight back, I think, in this situation in any way. We, we love them and care for them. And my hope would be that we would pray with persistence and, and trusting that God hears us for them, um, that they would be blessed. And I also, just when it comes to prayer and praying persist with persistence, can I please encourage you not just to pray for those who might be critical towards us right now, but pray for our city, pray for God's spirit to revive this city. God, people, our, our city, our country, our world, that, that start with our city needs Jesus so bad. Pray with me that God would open their hearts, would show them their need for him, um, to repent and, and turn to God. Pray that, that our greatest prayer, our most persistent prayer would be that God would revive his church and awaken this city to his love. So the first thing we see though is, is this persistence in prayer. And I love that last line. It's almost like an add-on, it feels like, but it says, however, when the Son of Man comes, when he returns, when Jesus comes back, which he will come back, when he comes back, will he find faith on earth? Will he find his church in a place of prayer? Will he find us actually on our knees, interceding for our cities and for our communities? And, And will he find us in that place or will he find us distracted with countless other things? Will he find us seeking him in faith? Or will he find us distracted by, by all the other things around us? I pray that when Jesus returns, he'll find me on my knees, or, or at least in some posture of prayer. Amen. what will he find when he comes back? Then the second parable here, um, I'll begin just by, well, I'll just begin this way. Um, when I lived in Broomfield, we lived in a, a neighborhood and we'd often get missionaries um, from different churches, uh, different religions coming through, usually in pairs um, coming through and knocking on the door and wanting to share with us um, their religion. And I remember uh, something I learned in school that really helped anytime they would come by. We don't get many now um, here in Leadville, but, but there I remember something that really helped in addressing um, those missionaries that they'd come and we'd start talking. And I always enjoy that conversation, but I would always ask them near the beginning, I would say, can I ask you a question? And they're Sure, sure. How, let's say you're standing at the gates of heaven and God asks you, why should I let you into heaven? What would your response be? And the missionaries would, would usually pause for a minute and say, well, well I was a good person and I I did my mission and I, I, I was moral and I studied the scriptures and I, I lived a good life. And that would be their answer. Um, and I would ask you that same question. If you were standing at the gates of heaven and God came and, and said, Why do you think you should come in? Why should I let you in? What would your answer be? It'd be because of the things you've done and the life you've lived. Would it be accomplishments or or moral accomplishments you've been able to hold to? What would it be? The second parable, I think, really addresses that question. Why should I let you in? Um, But also dealing with the subject of prayer. So let's look at this one. It says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So he's speaking to a different audience now. Probably the same crowd, but the first he's talking to his disciples, more specifically this one, he's speaking to those who are confident in their own righteousness and look down on others. He says this parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Two people, two men going up the same stairs to the temple, going through the same temple doors. On the same day, two men Entering the same place for the same purpose, going to pray, right? The time of prayer during the day. They're going to pray in two very different ways of expressing that prayer. And as Jesus' listeners would would be receiving this story, right? The Pharisee was the righteous one, right? That was the one who kept all the laws. They created laws to keep, right? They had law upon law and they did they were they were the holy ones of the day like that that was the pharisees they were the rule followers they were the ones who who had the rules and had them down so if someone was righteous in, in the people's sight that would be the pharisees and then there's this tax collector right I, I want you to think for a moment who would be the person that maybe you'd never say this out loud but the person you just don't feel belongs in church the person you feel that that makes the church a dirty place when they come in if they would ever come in the person that that just isn't really welcome in those doors and who would be that person that is the tax collector in this day and age that was the person who was usually a jewish person but hired by rome by the empire to take taxes from the other jewish people and they would they would steal they would get rome the taxes they needed the for the emperor for the um but then they were able to to take a lot of extra for themselves. They were not viewed very well at all. And most people did not think they had any right to go into the temple whatsoever. So that's what we're looking at here. Two people, very different coming in. And they have two prayers. Both of them, we have two different men, two different prayers, two different results that we'll see in a second. But first we have the Pharisee and his prayer, I think is just so revealing. You know, I'll just read that again. He prays, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a 10th of all I get. I, I, I. This person is not praying to God. He's praying to himself. He was exalting himself. He had a a big issue with his eyes, apparently, right? Right? all about himself. And I think there are three main areas that he's holding on to for his righteousness, right? First is is morally. And I, I have this ladder here, because when we think about what gets us into heaven, I think this, this Pharisee saw different rings of the ladder in, in making his way to God by climbing this ladder, climbing up those steps. And one of those steps would be morally, right? I am not a robber. i I don't steal from people. I don't break the law in that way. I don't do that. I am not an evildoer, right? I'm not out harming people. I'm not doing those things. I am not an adulterer, right? I am faithful to my wife. And each step, look at how much better I get and better I get, and how much closer to God I must be because of how I keep these morals. And we could add on there, I do not watch you know, shows on Netflix I shouldn't. I do not go places I shouldn't go. I do not struggle with drinking or alcohol. I do not fill in the blanks. I, 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 I. Gets me up the ladder, gets me closer to God. First, he was trusting in his morality for righteousness. Second, I'm not like this tax collector, that comparison game. I'm not like that that person down the street who I see going to the bar all the time. I'm not like that person I see sleeping in on Sundays while I'm going to church. I am not like that other person. I'm comparatively better. So I must be up that ladder higher, right? How they're justified. Then the third thing, I fast twice a week. I give a 10th of all I get religion. Morality, comparison, religion. I say a prayer quick before dinner every night with my family. I read my Bible occasionally. I go to church once or twice a month. I, and with each of those I's, we think we get farther and farther up. Up the ladder, closer to God. So we have this Pharisee attempting to get to God or to justify himself really praying to himself. And it's funny, he's almost gloating to God. Isn't that interesting? I think it's just interesting how, how sin can be so pervasive, can even invade our prayer life, right? We need to be careful. Sin can be even a detriment in our prayer life, being aware of what we're praying for and how we're praying. But then by contrast, we see this tax collector, And we see this tax collector come in and stand at a distance. And it says he would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breasts and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Here we have a person who doesn't see the Pharisee. He's not comparing himself with the Pharisee. He doesn't see the people around. His eyes are fixed on God and God alone. He doesn't see the latter. He's not trying to climb a ladder to God. He's humbling before God on his knees saying, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. When I was younger, I I read a book. I think it was called The Way of the Pilgrim. And it was about a pilgrim in Russia who wanted to pray without ceasing. And there's a prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he tried to say that prayer all day long, all of his waking hours, over and over in his mind. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that might be taking it to the extreme. But what we see here is a person who was aware of himself and aware of how he stood before a perfectly holy and a perfectly pure and just God. And standing before that God, he realized he couldn't, it, it didn't matter how high he climbed on that ladder, he couldn't get to God in God's perfection. And he recognized that if he was going to come before God, he had to do it with perfect honesty and perfect humility and just say, God, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Right? And that's the picture we see of this man, not trying to climb his way to God, but humbly before God, recognizing that, that he was hopeless without God. And it says at the end of this, Jesus sums it up. He says, I tell you that this man, the the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified. So declared just, shown to be right before God. This man went home having peace with God, being approved by God, right? This man went home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I think that's amazing when you think about that. And you look at Scripture, and the contrast um, talks about Satan. In in the book of Isaiah, talks about Satan as an angel wanting to exalt himself to the throne of God. And because he wanted to be exalted, he was then humbled. And then we see Jesus, who humbled himself, taking on the very person, or taking on flesh, coming as as a human being, humbled himself, and God exalted him. It's when we humble ourselves that we are exalted. And this this man coming before God with humility, realizing that if he was going to connect with God, if he was going to have a relationship with God, if he was going to be justified, it wasn't his doing. It wasn't his climbing the ladder or making his way in. It was through God's mercy. And we see a, a, a picture of that, and I'll just finish with this. In John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking again. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has come so that you can have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants you to experience beautiful life, full life, meaningful life. have it to the full. He wants you to have everlasting life, eternal life, life the way it was intended. And to experience that life, we don't climb a ladder to get over the wall, to get in, to experience that life. We come in through Jesus, through that door. And we just, that that access. That's how we experience that life. It's through Jesus and through his love, through trusting in him, believing in him. So through these parables, we learn about prayer. We learn that God wants us to pray. God desires us to pray with persistence, with passion. God desires us to pray day and night, to be found in prayer when he returns, with faith. He desires us to, he wants you to come to him in prayer. You can't pray wrong if you're praying from an honest heart. God wants you to come. Don't worry about how you're doing it. Just do it. Pour your heart out to him. Seek him. He wants us to come to him. Then also, when we come to him, we come to him realizing it's not because of our goodness, our righteousness, our morals, our deeds, our religion. It's, it's because of Jesus that we can come to him. And we come in that humility and that grace, and that recognition of, of who we are and who he is, but that he has forgiven us. And uh, I, I think confession is a big part of that. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. As we begin our prayers, God, have mercy on me. Thank you for your mercy, and forgive me of my sins. And we uh, we just delight in that relationship with him. So friends, thank you for taking time. I, again, I encourage you to be praying not just for people who maybe are saying things about church. Pray for all people you might fit into that category of, of um, your adversary or somebody who, who you might have trouble with. Pray for them. Pray for God to bless them and watch over them. Pray for their heart to, to, to just be humble before the Lord. Pray for them. Pray with humility. Pray with persistence and know that God enjoys your prayers and will answer them. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you, God, that when we pray, you listen. God, teach us how to pray with faith, how to pray with passion, how to pray with expectation, knowing that not only do you hear, but you answer our prayers. And God, that the prayer you love to answer the most is that prayer of, of entrance into your kingdom, that prayer where Jesus, you're the door and, and we come to the Father through you, that prayer where we confess our sin and receive you as our Lord and Savior and and begin new life in you. I just pray that we would pray that prayer, but also pray just all day long, live a life of prayer, delighting in you and finding our strength in you and our security in you. God, we pray today for those struggling with sickness. We pray for those who have COVID right now. We pray for our community and those struggling with anger. Um, I pray for, for those for a soft heart. God, we pray for um, our nation, we pray for our world, we pray, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit to lead us and show us how to walk each day in you and not in our own strength. So love you, I pray for in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us today. Remember, subscribe to the show and check out our website at cornerstonechurchco.com for more resources.